The construction industry is undergoing a huge transformation. Designers and contractors are facing new challenges every day. We are all overloaded with rising material cost, a growing skilled labor gap, increasing project complexities, and countless digital solutions. This podcast focuses on innovation through process analysis, change management, and building a culture of continuous improvement. Together, we will learn from industry leaders on how to improve workflows, increase communication, and build the future. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. It's Amanda coming to you from the Nika Innovation Overload Podcast Studio, right on the trade show floor at our 2021 Nika Convention in Nashville. Please join me in welcoming our special guest, Christine Cosby, who is the Assistant Executive Director at the Minneapolis Chapter Nika. Kristen, we are so excited that you're able to join us today and talk about all sorts of things, conventions, student chapters, and more. So how has convention been so far for you? It's been great. Uh, Like we had talked earlier today, it is just like a big family reunion. It's really nice to see everybody in person after such a long time in between and some people meeting for the first time. So it's been great. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. So so many of the things that we have done the last year and a half have been virtual, even, you know, setting up our DEI group, things like that have been virtual. And so this is the first time we're meeting face to face, which is great. Nice. Yes. I actually was talking to a couple of our staff members who have been around for two years, but after Las Vegas convention and they said, oh, yeah, this is my first convention. I was like, oh, it is your first convention. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. I'm excited that you're having fun. Yeah. So share your background and how you got into this industry, because I know your background's amazing and everyone loves it. It's a little unconventional, probably. So um, I have been with the NECA chapter for four years now. It was four years in September, but I've been in the industry for 25. So a little bit antiquated, I suppose. But I started actually with one of our member contracts. Um, in 1996, and I was hired as a residential electrical designer. My background for school was actually business with an interior design minor, and so it was a little bit of a stretch, but it seemed to be a good fit. So I did that for a while, then they moved me into residential project management. I shortly thereafter moved into the service group doing residential scheduling of the field and took over service, followed by uh, director of field operations for the last probably 10 years that I was there. So oversaw roughly 200 uh, field staff for work assignments, things like that, under seven different collective bargaining agreements. And then this opportunity at the chapter came up, so it's been a great fit. I think it's a little bit different perspective coming to NECA from the contractor side, and it affords a little bit different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That is impressive. Yeah. So you you basically know everything because you've just you've been with contractors just you didn't go through the apprenticeship no but you've done everything else right yeah absolutely and I was very very fortunate to have some pretty strong mentors early on and they pushed me to go beyond what I was thinking were my comfort zones so I was very thankful to have those opportunities nice so what was your favorite thing when you were working with the contractor oh boy um, I think just the challenges and getting to learn the languages and the the materials and things to be able to hold a conversation that didn't me, make me look like I didn't know anything about the industry. So just getting to really know um, about the industry and not just my job specifically 
yeah. was helpful. Oh, that's excellent. Well, I mean, knowing your background and especially that you were able to work with the field in terms of innovation, would you say it's difficult to have innovation within contracting or is it is it doable? It just requires certain like change management. I think I think part of it is whatever people's perspective of innovation is. A lot of times you get hooked on the fact that you think the innovation is technology based and maybe it's process based. So a lot of things we thought we needed to improve on, we would try and we'd go back to the old ways. Sometimes the tried and true is really, really okay. And you have to be okay with that. One of the, I think challenges for innovation and implementing new ideas and processes is getting everybody's buy-in. If we've done everything for so long and it's not broken, why should we change it? So especially when you try new things in the field, it's tell me why. Give me an example why. Yeah, in fact, um, I had a a session this morning. It was about tech stack Mm -hmm. in your companies. And, of course, change management came up. And that was the biggest thing that they all said was you do have to get some of your key guys on board. Mm -hmm. But the best way to do it is to literally show them, have them do it, and have that that light switch. Because if they don't, they're... And to ask them for input. If they get input, the buy-in is a lot easier rather than being told this is what we have to do. Gotcha. Yeah, and, you know, and that brings up a good point, too, because right behind us is the um, innovation booth. And mm-hmm. it's all about how you said innovation isn't just, you know, technology, which most people think of. Mm-hmm. Innovation can be in productivity. It can be in culture. It can be in people. It can be in your strategy. It can be in your awareness. You know, and it's, it's one of those things where you have to think outside the box a lot of times on where you're going to change processes right. and make it more efficient. And I think it depends on the size of the contractor as well. What the larger contractors want to see for change or need to see for change and innovation is substantially different than the small contractor. And yeah. so the small contractor it might be moving from paper job tickets to an electronic format or something small, but could make a big difference in their world. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things I, I really love about NECA, especially the NECA network, when we were talking about the tech stack, and I made sure to have on the panel a diverse background where you have small contractors and large contractors and medium, mm-hmm. because like you said, it, it applies differently. Absolutely. And to hear them where they are in the process and then... You know, of course, I was like, well, everyone, make sure you check out the NECA network because you guys can learn from your peers and see what you're all doing because it is different. Yeah. And I think that's what's been helpful probably the most for me coming from the contractor side into NECA is the ability to help the smaller contractors just because I've seen a lot of what they've gone through. And based on the experiences I was afforded at the contractor I worked for, I was able to see a variety of different avenues in this industry and processes. So learn from the experiences and to be able to share those and then network with those people. Absolutely. And that's one of the biggest things is, of course, the trade show right now is we actually get a network in person again. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, one of the big things with Nika is we do love word of mouth. We love trust. And you want to know from your peers. So actually having this in-person you know, ability is so important. So it's nice to see. I even see people just networking like, yes. in the background right now. Yep. So. Absolutely. So how do you personally define innovation? Oh, boy, that's a good question, and I knew it was coming, and I'm still not probably prepared. (laughs) I would say it's actually just the ability to be accepting to other people's perspectives and to change for the greater good, right? It's not innovation can't be really self-centered. It's got to be for the global good. So it might not be specifically 
your thing, but it might be really good for the rest of your company. And part of the innovation piece, I think, that we need to take from the contractor level is to bring it down to, like, our student chapters, our JATCs, things like that, where we need to implement at that level the innovative ideas and processes that our contractors utilize so they understand it a lot earlier and the buy-in's a lot better. I like that. Yeah, especially in the, you know, the JATCs. I just recently was able to go to a lineman's training Mm -hmm. center which is amazing to see, but just to see the classroom set up and to hear about everything that they learn. Because we should be teaching what the contractors are utilizing. Yeah. The technology-based things like that. Yeah, and one of the things, too, was um, I thought it was cool because they actually haven't they had it set up. It was a class for chainsaws. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just kind of thinking like, oh, but, you know, doesn't, isn't, you know, isn't that either a common practice? And it was, no, some people don't know and the safety behind it. Mm-hmm. You have to learn all sorts of facets. But it was cool, too, where they're already thinking about innovation because they had the gas-powered, you know, mm-hmm. ones there. But there's some new tools coming out that are purely electric. So right. then switching classes and making sure that they're trained on all of those facets. Right. And that's a perfect way where our premier partners can help us too, is bringing that their innovative side of things with the tools and equipment, things like that to our apprenticeship programs. Yeah, absolutely. Mm So how do you learn and keep ahead of new ideas, especially hearing since you've been? Well, and it's tough. I'll be honest with you. That was one of my challenges in the job change was I wanted to make sure to stay relevant because if you're not in the day-to-day operations of a contractor, you're not quite as relevant, right? So it's been really helpful to keep the connections I had before and stay up to date. So this is a great avenue for refreshing and making sure you're on top of things, but also just keeping in touch with suppliers, distributors, rep agencies, things like that, to see what's out there that we can help guide our contractors toward. So in terms of learning, I mean, do you do any um, peer groups, webinars? Like, what's your favorite way to take it? It really varies, and I'm probably all over the board on that. I'm open to anything. I Typically, I prefer in-person type situations, but those haven't been readily available. Yeah. So a lot of webinars, things like that have been really the go-to. And then anytime we do bring distributors or rep agencies into either the student chapter or the JATCs, I try to sit in on it to see what's new and upcoming. Excellent. Well, you know, you mentioned student chapters, so let's dive into it. Sure. So what do you enjoy most about working with student chapters? Oh, it's just seeing the light bulbs come on, really. What's interesting is, so our student chapter, the primary one, and is the first one was started, was Dunwoody. Mm -hmm. And that program actually has um, an electrical construction and also an electrical design component to it. So we've got people that train that eventually will go out into the field, and then we have people there that also will go into an office setting. So it's nice to be able to bring in trade partners, contractors, things like that, to show them all the different aspects of the industry and what there is out there to offer. Because I think there's a lot of times they just think it's very one-dimensional, like I'm going to be an electrician, so I'm going to go through this program, I'm going to go to the JATC, I'm going to get my license, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And there are just so many more opportunities out there. So we bring in distributors, they can see that avenue. The design students can see where they can work within the contractor office settings or travel for their satellite offices, job sites, things like that. So it's just getting them more exposure to what our industry really is, that it's not one-dimensional. Yeah, and that's, and that's so important. I mean, just the education behind it and the awareness, I think, I mean, even for me, I mean, I've learned so much, mm-hmm. and I 
I had no idea of just how much respect you need because there there is the GCs, but you need the respect of the MEP trades. Absolutely. And to learn about that. So do you want to tell me a little bit about that, about sometimes the disconnection and how we can kind of maybe better, you know, educate our students? I think there's a lot of different avenues we can take. I think just everybody understanding that we're all in this industry together. Yeah. And sometimes we need to do what's great good for the greater good mm -hmm. and making the connections and giving the exposure early to the students is key. So for you, the schools that you have, you have yep. two, correct? Yep, we have Dunwoody and now we've got St. Cloud Technical College, mm -hmm. which is on board. They are both two-year programs, which is different than most of the student chapters that NECA has. Yes. So most of the programs are four-year programs. These are two-year programs. And so they're on a very tight, condensed schedule and having activities such as a student chapter is tough. Mm -hmm. So finding ways to meet before school, after school, during the middle of the day, for lunches, things like that is probably one of our biggest challenges where we can really bring into the classroom then the distributors and the contractors to do presentations on what this industry is all about. Gotcha. So so, oh, sorry. oh, so we're kind of a hybrid type situation, a little bit different than some of the others. Well, I mean, it gives you an opportunity to make sure that you provide, like you said, like programs or events or situations that be more applicable to them. Right. But getting into that, where you talk about your contractors with the students, you know, what has been some of the, the highlights of the contractors, you know, mixing with the students? Well, a lot of them been? came through the program either through ah. just the trade school and then into the field or through the trade school into the JATC and then into the field and then into the office. So it's fun for them to come back to where they started. Oh, that is cool. So they have that appreciation. Yes. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. So we have a lot of people that overlap that way, which is great. And they can say, I came through, this is what I did. One that comes to mind in particular is somebody that came through the apprenticeship program. He went through our JATC program. He was in the field came into the office as a PM, and now he's an owner of one of the companies. Oh, So wow. for them to be able to see sky's the limit, I think yeah. is great. Yeah, they literally can see where a path can take yes, them. Yes, absolutely, and oh, everywhere in between. Cool. So, you know, when the student, I'm assuming your contractors have events or bring students to their mm -hmm. contracting businesses. Yep. You know, how is that? Correct. So a lot of them have been able to offer internships, which is great. Oh, nice. Otherwise, we really focus on tours for the contractors, different things like that, events at the school and then also at the contractor. Excellent. So in terms of an internship, I know there's a lot of student chapters out there that want internship programs. Mm -hmm. And to hear that you have one and it's doing well, what would you say are some of the best practices around that or some, some advice for sure. those who want to try to get one started? Um, Dunwoody in particular has different sessions in the fall and in the spring where they have career days. And we also do um, in-between sessions then with the, the student chapter where we bring the contractors in. They can come and talk about where they their company is going where they see a need for people and a lot of times those smaller one-on-ones in the student chapter is where the the internships are birthed so to speak nice well that's excellent so what are what are some lessons learned in general for student chapters that you would say especially if someone who wants to become a faculty advisor or so you know chapter mm -hmm. wants to start their student chapter program what would you say are some lessons learned I think one of the most important things is know your know your student population so with our our group at Dunwoody for example really rigid structure would be hard to be successful 
So having the flexibility to, yes, stay within your bylaws, run a meeting, but have the flexibility to change. So if something's not working, this group's not getting it, this doesn't fit for them, rather than lose the students out of the chapter, then we we kind of just change as we go. Gotcha. And a lot of student input on what do you see, what do you need, what are you hoping for? One other thing that we have done is we actually do mock interviews, and it's whether they're going to apply to the JETC or whether they're going to do an internship with one of our contractors. That is so important. I mean, very important. I mean, even I remember when I was getting prepped for, you know, prep for jobs, industry and everything. And you know, an interview can literally make it or break it. Absolutely. And so, some of the amazing. questions that you get thrown at in interviews aren't applicable to, to anything except life, right? They might not yeah. be job specific. And I think people aren't prepared for that. Yeah. And that's great, especially, you know, because it, you guys know the JATC connections right? with contractors. You know exactly how to prep them. Yeah. So, so then when we do the interviews, we bring in contractors that would be either sitting on the committee or potentially hiring so oh that is and awesome. then we give feedback which has been very helpful yeah that's great that's mm -hmm. that's perfect yeah so talking about recruitment efforts mm -hmm. with student chapters you know what would you say is the best advice or you know if people are looking to recruit what's the best way that they can do that our faculty advisor has been the best advocate for it. She really has because she's seen the value. We had a few years where the chapter, student chapter was stagnant, didn't have, it wasn't being paid attention to. And so we kind of rebirthed it mm -hmm. and it's been great. And so people are excited. I got a call before we left for convention that the kids are chomping at the bit. We need to get going. So nice. yeah, so we've got two contractors set up in the next week to come in and to meet with them. So. Excellent. So tell me, I know that's another thing that can make or break a great student chapter mm -hmm. is the relationship between the chapter and the faculty advisor. Absolutely. So could you tell me some, you know, best ways that you, you both have been able to communicate? Well, so it's interesting. So Polly, who's the faculty advisor at Dunwoody, actually came through our program, so to speak. She was the 11th woman to hold a journey worker license in our local Oh, wow. Which nice. is interesting. So she went that route first, and then she had a family, and she transitioned over to the educational side. So she has an appreciation for what we're doing, and that makes a huge difference. She's lived it, so she's really finding the value in our partnership, partnering with the JATC and partnering with the contractors. So she's our, our honestly our best advocate That's for amazing. recruitment. Well, for both of you, I mean, right. that's great. It's a win-win. And so yeah. that relationship that we have forged over the last four years since I've been there has actually spiraled into outside yeah. of that where we're working together on things for the Girl Scouts. And as you know, that, that escalates yeah. up and it's yeah. been great. So we've had some really good outreach with that. I've also been fortunate to be asked to sit on their program advisory committee at Dunwoody. So to be able to have the input for a one-year certificate program, a two-year program, and now a four-year program has been pretty incredible. And we wow. also have contractors that were asked to sit on that PAC. So it kind of comes full circle. It starts small. Mm -hmm. Right. With the student chapter, that's what you think. And then it just keeps expounding up beyond that. Nice. So I want to get into like that step one, because I know quite a few student chapters I've talked to are stagnant. Mm -hmm. They're in that place that you said you were before. Yeah. So what how did you even start that rebirth? Like how what by, ac by accident <laughs> <laughs> asking him like, oh, we have a student chapter. Okay. And then it just went from there. Right. And then actually um, a common connection 
that kind of did the introduction and we just clicked. And so after that, talking to our contractors after the initial meeting, there were so many people that wanted to participate. And we've got contractors here today that have asked, when's the student chapter starting up? I'm ready to go. Nice. So it's really just finding that common connection. And then I think just being open, you know, don't come in and dictate how this chapter has to be set. Yeah, we've got some things we'd like to see, but just having a little bit of flexibility and conversation on what they want it to look like, I think is key. That's amazing. And I, I want to, you know, touch back on that two year versus four year. Sure. And it's very important. I just want to hear your perspective on the differences. Well, I've got two boys that one graduated four-year college and the other one's in the middle of four-year college and they would have never considered a two-year college, which is interesting, but that's their their path, not Mm -hmm. mine. So I think it depends on which avenue you want to take. The thing with the two-year college is it's very condensed, right? You're limited more on your your so-called core things as far as English, math, whatever. But it's very intense. It's very specific to the trade you're going to go into or lighting design, whatever it might be. It's very specific. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the four-year college does give you a good background in business practices, things like that, Mm -hmm. which we are hoping to bring into the two-year. But it's tough because it's condensed. But I think there's value in both. It depends on where you want to go. I mean, my four-year degree, yeah, it's in business and design. Was it really applicable kind of you could stretch it yeah but when you come out of a two-year you really know what you want to do yeah and I think sometimes after a four-year degree it's like oh I've got it now what do I want to do yeah no exactly I was in that boat too yeah I went to I got my associates first so Mm -hmm. I went to a two-year college because I had no idea what I wanted to do right I knew I needed my gen eds and I came out with Mm -hmm. a biotechnology degree do I use it now no. no, I went on to do some continued education. Right. And then I, I so I, I think am. from a student chapter perspective, a four-year college, you might be able to build the chapter in as part of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Where in a two-year, we don't have that ability. There's just not the time. So it's more, I would say, a student chapter in a two-year college is more of a commitment yeah. outside of the normal oh, school day. 100%. Yeah. So for so you said that the two-year program at Dunwoody, you had the path of the field and then the path of the office, Yep, correct? correct. Yep. So they've got an electrical cons- maintenance or construction and maintenance electrician program, mm-hmm. and then they've got a, an electrical design program. So does the um, field um, count towards an apprenticeship? Yeah, it would be. Okay. Yep like any other one would do. Okay, gotcha. Excellent. Yeah. And so our training directors are actually very involved too at Dunwoody with the student chapter. Excellent. And the students have good feedback and everything Yes, about. very much so. And obviously not everybody goes the route that we would prefer to see them to go once they graduate, but mm-hmm. uh, they've got an option and it's presented to them in the pros and cons. And Dunwoody typically for a long time had been pretty heavy graduating and going non-union and not to the union. So we've been able to make that pendulum swing, which we're really happy about. Yeah, no, excellent. I Mm -hmm. mean, talking to some, I mean, it's just a lot of them go to GCs because they're fancy or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some of them are trying really hard to get them to just at least respect, you know, awareness for the MEP. Right. So and I know it's been difficult, but we're, you know, the biggest thing is talking about education and everything. So, I mean, do you put on any education or do the contractors do any education? A little bit. You? It's been probably less than we would like, but mm-hmm. I think we will do that going forward. We do have a rep agency that comes in and does a lot of lighting design 
and controls things with the students. Uh, we also have a contractor that's been heavy in giving them instruction on BIM and different things like that. So some of that training. Uh, we have brought in safety professionals as well because that seems to be one of the things that's lacking, whether it's cost reasons or whatever. But we've got a lot of partners that are willing to step up Mm -hmm. and fill in the gaps where the schools might be lacking. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. That's important. And I just want to do a plug for the virtual convention, which started today. Mm -hmm. Students are completely free registration, completely yeah. comped. And all of these courses, all the education courses will be online. Which and, is great. Yeah, for 30 days. So anyone out there, any of our listeners who have student chapters or would like to even just send it to the universities to say, mm -hmm. hey, would you like to sign up students to right. see if they're interested? Please let us know and you can contact innovation at nikanet.org and we'll get you all set up. I think that's one of the benefits, too, of just having them look at some of these courses, you know, right. some of these education classes, just being like, oh, I think I like that. Or, you know, even mm -hmm. if you don't like something, at least you know that and you can try something else. Absolutely. Yeah. And we this is, for several years, we have actually, as a chapter, brought the top apprentices with us every year to convention. So we have apprentices with us again this year, which is great. Nice. And just the things that they are experiencing that they wouldn't have had that knowledge for. So tell so. me. Oh, no, go on. Nope. That's I was going to ask you about your apprentices. You know, what are some of their favorite things of coming to the convention? Well, I think it's just hearing the speakers, but it's also seeing, obviously, we've got a trade show going on behind us and just mm -hmm. everything that's exposed there. It's getting to understand from the contractors what the business is all about. Because oftentimes, apprentices go to go to work and they go to school and they're, you know, mm -hmm. that's their world. And to just have the opportunity to talk to the contractors on a very one-on-one -on -one basis. I mean, it's not very often that you might be an apprentice in the field and you get to meet the CEO of the company who your paths would have never crossed based on the size of your, your company. Yeah. No, exactly. And I like, because I can tell all the apprentices, they all have the same bag today, yep. but I see them stopping and talking to a lot of the contractors. So mm -hmm. no, nice I think it's great. It. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what are you most excited about for this year's convention? Boy, I think it just, it's the re resurge in energy that we need. I think the last 19 months, 20 months has been really hard on everybody. Oh, yeah. And I think we just all need this. We need something to get us excited again about our yeah. industry. Yeah, no, absolutely. So. I, I think that's great. I mean, it's, it's like it's been so long. It's like a familiar feeling. And now you're here. It's like, oh, right. it's like, oh, yeah, this is really what I like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've done this before. Right. <laughs> That's great. So, you know, one thing we love to do on this podcast is to leave our listeners with that, that final thought or that final takeaway. So what would you like to leave them today with? I think really what's important is change doesn't have to be big and just don't focus on the overwhelming big picture of change. If that's the direction you're headed, mm -hmm. just break it down. One small step makes a huge difference. And I think everybody's goal at this point, or at least this point in my career is to leave the industry better than you find. Found it. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. what I'm hoping. I'm hoping to take the connections I've got and make those connections for other people that'll make a difference at some point. Excellent. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just even seeing, you know, some of the education sessions I popped in of watching panelists talk and then, you know, their peers coming up to them and then 
They're just sharing ideas, sharing mm-hmm. thought. And they're, I think some of them are from the same area. Right. But but they're learning from each other, which right. is amazing. Absolutely. And that's what's fun about bringing some of the newer contractors, too, is they get to talk to the ones that have already lived this, right? Yeah. And so just, okay, we tried this. When we were that size, it didn't work. Maybe look at it this way. You know, we were just talking prefab last night after one of our dinners, and one of the contractors said, yeah, some of them aren't, some of the field staff aren't buying into it, and the foreman aren't really quite sold on it. And I said, well, hey, I just heard from another contractor what works is, you know, this. So try this. He's like, never thought of that. Yeah. So it's just allowing them to network and not feel territorial or yeah yeah just threatened uh, or anything. sharing knowledge right. and learning well that's excellent yeah. and i really appreciate Kristen you coming on the podcast today oh, you're welcome so for all of our listeners out there if you have any questions please feel free to reach us at innovation at nikanet.org and we just want you to remember that the january cohort of the innovation institute is accepting nominations now so we look forward to hearing your view of innovation and the challenges ahead